0: Okay, so today I am very excited to be speaking with Kathleen Lowe from Border. Um, Border is a company that helps you get all your basic essentials when you're moving to Portugal. The bureaucratic essentials like a NIF number and a Portuguese bank account. Um, They have very kindly offered Portugalist readers a discount code where you can get 10 euros off when you use the code Portugalist. And they also offer a number of packages on their website, where if you combine the uh, the NIF number and the bank account together, you can save a little bit more money as well. So, Kathleen, could you maybe tell me a little bit about yourself and why you uh, why you dec- decided to move to Portugal?
1: Totally. Hi, James. Thanks for having me. Um, so, yeah, a little bit about myself. Um, I. My husband and I moved to Portugal close to, or about two years ago now. It's crazy with the pandemic and all time yeah. kind of is all of, all of blur. Um, but yeah, we used to be based in the San Francisco Bay area in California. Um, we left in 2018 to do the whole digital nomad thing. Um, we did that for two years and it was a lot of fun. And coming up on our third year, we were kind of looking for like a longer term base um, to sort of settle in Um, and that's how we came across Portugal in the D7 visa which is a perfect fit for remote workers so we applied for that came here arrived in February 2020 right before the pandemic hit Um, so our experience actually of Portugal has been has been quite unique in that sense Um, but yeah we picked Portugal because we had visited um, Porto and had lived there for a month during our our digital nomad stint and really liked it Um, and then we had one of our friends who moved to Portugal on the golden visa. Portugal is just like well known for it's like good climate, friendly people, good food. Um, So yeah, we we wanted to give it a shot and now we've been here two years and it is now our new home.
0: Yeah, so good decision.
1: Yep, (laughs) definitely
0: um and i'm pleased that you say that you came to the um the d7 as a sort of a a young person or you know a remote worker or a Mm -hmm. digital nomad because uh, a lot of people get confused as to whether that's possible or or not and it is very very confusing because often it's seen as something that's just for retirement but you were able to apply on it and your husband was able to apply on it and uh, moved to portugal
1: Oh, absolutely! You know when we first, so we first discovered it through some blog posts, and then we actually scheduled some meetings with some lawyers to get an idea, because you know, like it's often communicated as a retirement visa, um, but then it has, We were curious, like you know, having income from outside of Portugal, can it be from like our web design business, which we were running at the time? Um, we had talked to a few law firms and got mixed responses. Some people were like, "No, you can only apply for this if you have passive income." Um, ultimately ended up talking to one agency that that was like, yeah, we've worked with several remote workers, digital nomads, you should totally give it a shot. Um, We were like, okay, if one person said it's okay, we should go and try it out. And that's what we did. It was funny because when we submitted our application in person um, in VFS in Washington, DC, the person who like received our D7 application was quite surprised. And she was like, you're the youngest people (laughs) that we've (laughs) seen apply for this visa. But I think like with um, kind of like, the onset of COVID and uh, remote work becoming more popular. I think that Portugal D7 is becoming um, more well-known with remote workers
0: yeah that's um that's great um and you're not actually the first person i've heard of who has applied for the d7 as as a sort of a younger remote worker and the person's sort of looked at them and gone you are about 40 years too young to be (laughs) applying for this but they but they were uh, also successful and able to get it and they are in portugal now
1: oh awesome
0: um so did you need a nif number when you were applying
1: So fortunately, at the time that we applied for our D7 visas, we did not need a NIF, nor did we need a bank account um, when we applied. They said that we would need to get our NIF number and our Portuguese bank account um, once we get to Portugal in preparation for our CEF appointment over here to get the residency cards.
0: Okay, so that's a lot easier because at the moment, a lot of people, um, and I imagine a lot of the people that are coming to border, Are finding out that they need to get a NIF number and often a Portuguese bank account before they move to uh, Portugal, which is quite a, a confusing thing to ask someone to do if they're on the other side of the world.
1: Totally, totally, especially with like the pandemic and it being hard for people to fly. That's why like when we first started Border, um, we helped, you know, we launched the NIF product first and shortly after, like, you know, after running that for like a month, a lot of customers were coming back to us and they were like, hey, we actually need the NIF number in order to open the bank account because now this is a requirement to apply for the visa in the first place. Um, So yeah, that was actually like one of the things that really pushed us to create the remote bank account setup service that we have.
0: And were both of those easy to get started? <laughs> okay, I'm going to take um, that as a no.
1: <laughs> the services um, they were they were quite challenging. Um, to to put simply, um, it's been really it's been really challenging and also fulfilling to learn how to navigate kind of like Portuguese bureaucracy in the way that things things work over here. Like as a foreigner, it's our first time doing business, and and we're like picking, I think, one of like the harder things to, yeah. <laughs> to tackle. Um, but I think like with time and seeing like all the different um, all the different scenarios and working with different customers and having like our trusted partners, like we work with lawyers, like independent lawyers, law firms. Um, we're able to, you know, uh, and the banks, of course, because like we're not a bank ourselves. So we work um, with the largest bank in Portugal to open our bank accounts. Um, our goal is really to, you know, like streamline the process. It's like not too easy to get it started. Um, but once you get there, kind of like moving along.
0: <laughs> okay, now now it's uh, the wheels are in operation.
1: Yeah, 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 totally. <laughs>
0: um, so uh, I have a lot of questions about the NIF for you um portugalist readers uh have um responded to my email i sent out a few uh, i think a few months ago now just asking okay. them what they wanted to know most of the time the questions are very simple which is you know how do i get a an nif, and do i really mm-hmm. need to get one but um there are a few other ones that are a little bit more um unusual so i thought i would just run through them with you yeah um but good. i let's should we start with a very simple one which is um what is a nif?
1: <laughs> so the NIF, a NIF um is short for numero de identificacao fiscal. This is um, impressive
0: Portuguese
1: <laughs> which is oh you're too kind <laughs> um, which is basically your personal tax identification number. And so in Portugal it's a 9 digit number that's assigned to you. Um it's okay. a permanent number and you basically need this number in order to complete any kind of like official transaction in the the country. So to give you an idea, you would need a NIF to open a bank account, to set up utilities for your apartment, to rent an apartment, to get employed in Portugal, to enroll in school, um, and a handful of other things.
0: Okay, so it sounds like this is very essential and you wouldn't get very far without one. Totally. (laughs) But I'm trying to think if there's an equivalent that people might be aware of, perhaps in the U.S. where I know you lived before, I'm thinking about In the UK and Ireland, where I've lived, we have Mm -hmm. um, what's called in the um, in the UK is a national insurance number, which you would give to your employer when you're starting a job so they can take the right amount of tax from you and you do use a little bit with some dealings with the government but you I would never go into a clothes shop and someone would <laughs> ask me when I'm buying a pair of jeans um for it so do you know of an equivalent elsewhere or have you come totally across
1: it? that took me by surprise too I would say it sounds like the the number in the UK and the US is quite similar in the US we call it the social security number and you would use this number for tax purposes like if you have an employer um yeah, you, it's a very like it's a very sensitive number. You would never give it out. You know, you never say it out loud or in public. Um, I'd say that that's like the closest equivalent in the U.S., um, okay. but it's not as widely used. Like, you wouldn't need to give your social security number to set up utilities, for example.
0: Right. Yeah, I think I think it would be the same from um, for in the U.K. and Ireland. And so when uh, people are coming to border and they are looking for a NIF, um, what are the main reasons? Is it because they're at the visa application stage and they need it?
1: Mm-hmm. We find that that's the most common reason that people are getting it and need assistance, you know, while they're still abroad. Um, other individuals are, let's say, like people who are in the EU and let's say don't want to, aren't able to make the trip over to Portugal. Will use border to get their NIF. Let's say if they're like trying to planning to apply for NHR or interested in perhaps purchasing property. Um, we also have customers who apply for their NIFs because they got a job in Portugal and so they're getting their paperwork ready um, for. For that new job
0: okay so someone who is who's from the eu would be able to come to portugal fairly easily and get it um with uh without uh, legal assistance without normally using it but maybe at the moment um that's uh, that's been a little bit more difficult with the pandemic
1: totally totally yeah because eu residents actually um can walk into any finances which is the tax office um and requested nif on their own using their eu proof of address um but yeah COVID has made that a little bit difficult yeah. so if you need assistance with that then you can go through border and then you would assign a fiscal rep you would assign our lawyers as a fiscal representative in order to request a nif on your behalf um mm-hmm. but after that's complete you have your nif you have access to the online portal you can actually remove your fiscal representative and and use your eu address as the main kind of like address where communications are sent to
0: okay and I, I imagine it's, it's probably in terms of whether you would save money coming to Portugal or using a service uh, like Border. There there can't be a lot in it when you consider the cost of, say, flying from another EU country to Portugal, staying for at least, a, you know, a day or two and, and then going to finances. Um, so it could be mm-hmm. worthwhile even for people from EU in a non-pandemic situation, which we may totally. get to one day soon.
1: <laughs> Let's see. <laughs>
0: So if I have this NIF number, is that going to help me get residency in Portugal?
1: Uh, Not necessarily. So from what we've heard, it seems like a lot of the consulates are now requiring that you have a NIF number in order to apply for the visa in the first Mm -hmm. chance. So maybe quite the opposite, maybe like not having a NIF might mean that you, you're, chances for getting the residency might be decreased because you wouldn't okay. have the complete requirements. Um, but yeah, having the NIF, I, I'd say like wouldn't necessarily increase the chances um, of you getting the, the visa.
0: I guess visas are normally based on, on you having like a certain qualification or a certain amount of, of money, which you know, sort of makes you unique as an individual, whereas a NIF is something that you know, anyone could actually get. So, um, yeah, like, yeah. for
1: example, oh, sorry, <laughs> I was going to say, like, for example, for the D7, um, one of the main qualifications that is that you're able to prove that you have a certain amount of income coming from a source outside of Portugal. So I'd say that that would be kind of like a, a requirement that would then um, increase your chances of getting of getting that visa.
0: OK, and the NIF is is just a. A Just a normal requirement you need, say, like your birth certificate or a criminal records check or whatever it is That's they're correct. asking for. It's just a standard thing.
1: Mm-hmm. That's correct.
0: Okay, so we have a question then from someone asking, do non-EU residents, so I guess someone maybe in the United States or in Australia, mm-hmm. need to use a lawyer as their fiscal representative if they know someone in Portugal already could they ask them to to help them get the nif and be a representative
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, so for non-EU residents, uh, they definitely need to have a fiscal representative in Portugal. Um, That fiscal representative does not necessarily have to be a lawyer. Um, So if, let's say, you have a trusted friend or family member who is based in Portugal, um, for as long as they are a Portuguese tax resident and they are a permanent resident or citizen, then they can absolutely be your fiscal representative.
0: Okay, well, that's good to know for, for anyone who's lucky to have that. Um, but often I think it's the case that people don't have um, any kind of connection when they're moving to Portugal. I think it's, mm-hmm. it's sort of rare that people have, say, a family member or or a um, or a friend already there. These are all the things you end up getting after you move to Portugal, usually, <laughs> unfortunately. So a similar question to that, which is, I guess, coming from the other side, someone has asked me to be there fiscal representative, what are the legal and financial ramifications of this? And could it end up costing me?
1: Yeah, so as someone's fiscal representative, your main obligation is to be able to receive notices from the tax office and to forward those to to the tax Uh, not really a taxpayer, but to the NIF holder, rather. Um, So if you fail to forward these communications, or or if you're not able to prove that you, you know, fulfilled your responsibilities as a fiscal representative and and communicated this to the NIF holder, then you could potentially um, get hit with a fine. So I would say that, you know, being a fiscal representative does come with like its responsibilities.
0: I Yeah, it sounds like it. I don't know if I would personally like it because I, I don't know. I already, whenever I'm away from home, I'm worried that there's going to be some letter from mm-hmm. somebody waiting for me when I got back. Um, and I think if you're the kind of person who likes to go away um, a lot, you don't want to be responsible for, you know, for uh, mail coming to your property and you not being there to answer it.
1: Totally. Yeah. You don't just have to worry about your own missing your own mail, but missing mail that's meant for someone else (laughs) that you have the responsibility. Exactly. It it is
0: double the stress. (laughs) Totally. So does the NIF number expire is the next question. So if people have asked this um, for a couple of different reasons. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's that they have lived in Portugal many, many years ago and they had a NIF number there. And they're wondering if it's expired like a like a mobile phone number would. Or it's that they're planning on um, moving to Portugal in a few years and they're wondering about sort of getting things organized now and whether the NIF uh, number would still be valid then.
1: Yeah. So the NIF number does not expire. It is permanent and it's assigned to you for life. Um, It doesn't need to be maintained or renewed either. So in the situation that, that you mentioned, let's say if you hadn't, or if you had applied for a NIF a few years back um, and then are now moving back to moving to Portugal, um, you will still use that same NIF number.
0: Okay, perfect. And let's say I've forgotten it, um, which is quite likely, I think. <laughs> is, it, is it easy to find out again what that NIF number is?
1: So if you're in Portugal, um, mm-hmm. you can easily find out your NIF number by going to a Finances office um, mm-hmm. and bringing in like some sort of documentation so that they can pull up that number for you. Um, if you're abroad, then your best chance is to go to a Portuguese embassy or consulate and they should be able to assist.
0: Okay, so there will be there will definitely be a record of it, and it sounds like it should be easy to get a hold of. Mm-hmm. So, in terms of applying for it, some people are wondering whether um, whether everybody in the family needs one. So, could a married couple share mm-hmm. a NIF um, like they would do maybe with a with a bank account?
1: So, each individual needs their own NIF number. Whether okay. you're like a an adult or a child, um, yeah, it's assigned per person, um, so that you would need on an individual basis, um, compared Mm -hmm. to a bank account where you can absolutely, um, open a joint bank account where it's one account with two or more holders.
0: Okay. And so you mentioned that children might need a NIF there. Um, Mm -hmm. at what age does, um, does a child need a NIF?
1: So there isn't like a strict age requirement. Um, in terms of like needing a NIF at a certain age, Um, but you will find that children need a NIF in order to enroll in school. So that's kind of like the common um, forcing function for (laughs) for getting a NIF for a child.
0: Okay, so yeah, I can imagine what sort of age that was. Because it is, I guess it's just to keep all your records in one place. Presumably when a child goes to the shop to buy sweets or something, they're not looking to track (laughs) what he's spending his money on.
1: (laughs) (laughs) totally
0: (laughs) okay so maybe school school age then would be the first age that they would need it and then we come to uh tax related questions which is uh, i think everybody's favorite subject that they want to know (laughs) is how how can i pay less tax um and that is um the question that people are asking was it will having this NIF help reduce the amount of tax that they pay in portugal
1: So, um, there is a concept of putting your attack, like associating your NIF with Mm -hmm. invoices or receipts for day to day purchases. And Portugal has like certain categories of things and corresponding amounts of. I guess expenses that you can deduct. Um, so in that sense, when you request a, a an invoice or receipt with your NIF, which is why it's, um, the NIF is given in grocery stores, because you know, like I think food item food is like one category of that. Um, you can deduct these expenses from your personal income tax. Okay. There are like limits on on the amounts and certain categories, um, but best to talk to an accountant <laughs> for the specifics on that. Best to talk to an that.
0: accountant, and I think if you are asked for it, best just to give it over, just in case that that is going to reduce the amount of tax you pay.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, there's like no harm in in giving your NIF. and you know if it's the pur- if it's a purchase that you made, then absolutely.
0: Because initially, when, when I first heard of the concept, I thought it was very strange, you know, the idea of the government tracking everything that you're spending money on. But then when I <laughs> thought about it, I thought, well, you know, if I go to the supermarket or something, I will probably have like a loyalty card that I use or, you know, a credit card. So I'm giving, my, uh-huh. I'm giving all this information out to, uh, to companies anyway. It's, it's not really uh, too big a change to um, give it out to the Portuguese government.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah and, and it might benefit you if you're able to, me. to take those deductions
0: and there are uh, other sort of um benefits that come with it as well in the form of uh, prizes which um which is an unusual concept i think of the NIF number <laughs> so i understand you get put into a draw what prize could i potentially win from this draw
1: yeah, it's actually funny when you asked me this question, I was like, I didn't know that this existed for, for NIF numbers, but I looked into it, and yeah, the government has this notion of fatura de sorte, which stands for lucky invoice draw, and basically like for all the invoices that have NIFs attached, um, they have these drawings or awardings and award treasury certificates of 35,000 euros in weekly contests. And I think, I I imagine that this is to encourage, you know, businesses to issue invoices and receipts for, for transactions and sales that they make.
0: Well, it's certainly worth doing it then in that case, if you have a, you know, a chance to win (laughs) 35,000, but potentially every, every week. Um, I don't actually think I know or have heard of anyone winning, but, um, but I could, you know, I don't know anyone who's won the lotto anyway, and I will keep <laughs> trying that one, so <laughs> might as well increase my chances with this one too. So next few questions, are then, uh, the last few are about leaving Portugal, because I think a lot of people... Th- when the, now when they're thinking about moving to Portugal some of them are mm-hmm. thinking this is going to be for five or ten years only other people are thinking this is for life but if you are thinking that it's going to be sort of medium term you're wondering what happens to your NIF number after after you decide to go one person has said that they left Portugal already and they've moved to another country this time an, e- an EU country and they didn't update their address, uh, the new one before they left, because they didn't actually know what it was going to be, which I think is fair enough. Um, mm-hmm. And can they change that now? And what happens if they don't?
1: Totally. So if you, let's say were are in Portugal, and okay. you have a NIF number, you lived in Portugal, you change the address on your NIF to a Portuguese address, which, you know, indicates that you are a Portuguese tax resident. Um, Once you leave the country, you should definitely update the address associated with your NIF so that you will no longer be considered a tax resident of Portugal. And that just, you know, makes it clear to the tax office, like, hey, I no longer reside in Portugal. Here's my new EU address, let's say in Germany. um, I am now a tax resident of Germany. And so if you've already left the country, um, the easiest way to do this would be through the Portal das Finanças website, um, Mm -hmm. where you can, you know, go in, submit a request ticket, upload a proof of address and request for the finances to change your address associated with your NIF.
0: Okay. And I think it it sounds like it makes sense to do that because you want to sort of, you know, make it clear that you have definitely left Portugal and you don't have any obligations there anymore.
1: Totally, totally. And yeah, we have step by step um, instructions on how to update your address, which perhaps you can share a link to um, in the description. (laughs) I
0: will. that, That is exactly what I will do. I will share a link in the description and there will be an article that corresponds with this as well. And I'll put a link in there too.
1: Oh, perfect. Yeah, because the portal, dos finanzas does not have an English setting. Uh, Okay, (laughs) so it's very interesting to navigate. So we basically just have screenshots of like, click here and click here. And this is like this button. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, Well, hopefully one day Mm -hmm. they will, um, they will get an English um, translation for it. Okay, so next one. I'm leaving Portugal forever. This is a very specific uh, forever. And moving to a non-EU country this time. Um, Mm -hmm. Can I cancel my NIF number? Because I I don't want to have to pay for a fiscal representative and I don't want any more uh, ties to Portugal.
1: Yeah, this is a really tricky one um, because the Portu- because the NIF number is permanent, um, the Portugal tax office does not allow you to cancel or like nullify or avoid a NIF once you've gotten one. Um, and so let's say you gotten in your NIF and then you later on decide, let's say because you need it for your visa application, but things change, and maybe you're not able to move to Portugal anymore. Um, This means that you actually never switched over to non-resident. And let's say if you got your NIF through Border, then your fiscal representative is actually your fiscal representative indefinitely. Um, So so I guess at Border, um, we've, you know, we understand that like plans change. Um, So internally, like we've come up with this agreement where it's like, if you, let's say never moved to Portugal and you've never used your NIF, but you had to get one because you had a visa. um, We basically just have an agreement that you can sign, which is like, Hey, if I I agree, like not to ever use my NIF and that way your fiscal representative doesn't have any like burden or responsibility because you know, you will never live in Portugal, be a tax resident. You'll never have to file taxes. So they'll never really have to like communicate anything for you. Um, That's kind of like our workaround for it in our company or how, how we handle it.
0: Okay. Yeah. It sounds like it was something that was maybe it wasn't thought about so much with uh, expats who moved to Portugal who are sometimes a bit more transient. I guess if you're Portuguese, you're less likely to move somewhere else. And if you do, you're very likely to have a friend or family member that you could have asked for it. So um, yeah, there's just this, this little gray area here. Um, Yeah.
1: Hopefully legislation catches up, you know, with like, it, uh, Portugal being more more popular with expats and more people coming in and like, and the NIF being a requirement for the visa application, because this is like a, a really tricky one, actually. And as you said, like, I think it's a problem that's come up more in recent years.
0: Okay. And I think that is all the questions that I have for you. So yeah. thank you very much for answering them. Oh absolutely
1: um, thanks for having me.
0: Yes and can you tell me a little bit about more about border where they can find you and get more information?
1: Yeah so you can find us um at border.io that's okay. bord r.io um to get more information we basically have you know um full information about our NIF service, our bank account service requirements. Um, we also have an excellent kind of like knowledge base. You'll notice it's like a little, Some sometimes people miss it, but there's a little icon in the lower right-hand corner of our website. Um, and there you can search all the frequently asked questions. Um, like, you know, do I need a fiscal representative as an EU citizen? What counts as proof of address, um, all the things. So we have that on our website. And if you have any additional questions, you can always shoot us an email at support at border.io and we have a team who gets back to all emails within 24 hours.
0: Perfect. Well, thank you On so weekdays.
1: much. On weekdays. <laughs> On weekdays. Okay. Awesome. Well, thanks, James.